What's up guys, it's Juice. Before the podcast actually starts, I just want to let you know and apologize that the audio on this podcast is kind of weak. Um, uh, my setup is still messed up. I don't know what's happening on my normal PC that I record everything on. So I was using my secondary setup and I think, I don't know what happened. I'm pretty sure I recorded this whole podcast using the microphone in my laptop and instead of not giving you a show this week, I still put it out. I tried to make it as good as I could, but it does sound kind of... Hopefully it's not super unbearable, but I did still want to drop a show for you guys this week. So yeah, enjoy if you can. News Weekly. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Batman News Weekly. This is episode 116 in a year three. We got some interesting entertainment news to talk about this week. If my audio does still sound kind of crappy, I don't know what's going on with my PC. I have a new camera coming in today, webcam I should say, and hopefully that'll fix the problem, but we're still here with my secondary setup. But uh, today, first things we're going to start off with is Danny DeVito is having an interesting week when it comes to DC Comics and just DC in general. Uh, First bit of news is, uh, Clay, you mentioned that he has given his blessing to Colin Farrell or something along those lines? Yeah, it says here there is a Screen Rant article here basically just saying that uh, he has, or not Screen Rant, sorry, uh, comicbook.com. Basically, they were asking him some questions basically because, of course, this week is the DC uh, Gotham villain anniversary giant whatever title they want to give it. Yeah. Um, but they were asking him about that, and they asked him, of course, you know, how do you feel about Colin Farrell being the Penguin? And he says that you know he's going to do great, basically. Very non, you know, it it's news, but non news because you know we all know about the controversy of Jack Nicholson kind of being pissed off at Nolan not choosing him as the Joker in yeah. his Nolan trilogy or whatever. But at the same time, he did go in fact go to Heath Ledger and was like, hey. I know I probably would have done better than you, but this role is kind of a dark role. Yeah. You know, and we all know how that ended up. Yeah. I'm really surprised. I actually never heard about that with Nicholson. Really? No, never knew that. Because yeah. I've always known Nicholson as like, he hasn't been in shit forever. So I thought he just didn't give a fuck about Hollywood anymore. So oh, I never no, heard like, that. Like he, he had a little bit of an ego whenever it came to like, Oh, the next Joker on screen. He's like, oh, well, I'm the only Joker kind of Uh attitude. And he did go to Heath Ledger and was like, hey, this is a little bit of a dark role. Be careful what you do with it. So Jack Nicholson killed Heath Ledger. That's (laughs) essentially. (laughs) He saw his performance and then he killed him. Oh, my God. He's like, I'm the only one. (laughs) God damn. Revelation. Um, But no. uh, Yeah, that's interesting. I never heard about that. Uh, but yeah, Danny DeVito's are a, a really chill guy, he seems like. So, like, I wouldn't think he'd be somebody that would come out and be like, oh, no, I'm the only one that could do that. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, no, I don't think so. He, he, like, I have only, I only remember Danny DeVito from, like, his 90s movies. I still yeah. haven't seen anything from uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I think I've only yeah. seen, like, GIFs and small clips on Twitter. I haven't actually sat down and like actually watched an episode. Apparently people love that series. Um, That series was made from my understanding. It was made on like a random 30 second to minute pitch that they sent in 
like on some hotline or some shit at Fox. Yeah, 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 yeah. My uh, yeah. my stepdad told me that too. He was like, "Hey, you they, know that this show was only supposed to be like this, like, hey, kind of gimmick thing." And yeah, they ended um, up like, oh shit, let's make this into at, a series. After the success of the series, they ran that as a public thing, and they were like, "You know, and you know, this show, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, it was made this way. So send in your pitch." And I, that was when I was like hardcore into film and stuff. And I was like, oh, what can I do? Can I make something? And I was like, nah, I wasn't able to make anything. But like, I was still like, that was awesome that they were going to look for at people's pitches that way, um, which is cool because I mean, that's essentially YouTube nowadays. I mean, people yeah. make shit off of YouTube now. Because I mean, freaking Cobra Kai started off as a YouTube Red series. Wasn't the Mortal Kombat series the same thing? Uh, yes, it yeah. was. It was also a uh, it started off as a YouTube series before YouTube Red, yeah. and then it turned into more of like an established, like, hey, we're gonna print this out into DVD and yeah. get funding for it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I mean, I'm glad that YouTube is an outlet for that 100%. But yeah, that's cool for Danny DeVito. Another cool thing, which we are gonna talk about this later, we're not gonna go into depth about the story, but um. Danny DeVito is, he did write a story. We talked about this on the podcast previously that he was going to write a story for this villain's annual that was coming up for this anniversary. And uh, I read the title because he said that it's, it's like a love letter to Catwoman about how Penguin was in love with Catwoman in the movie. Like I completely forgot about that. Yeah. And so he was writing it as like, this was his dream to like, you know, that Penguin is in love with Catwoman that it's like a love story for that. And so I was like, eh. I was like, I'll read it first and then I'll give my opinions. But he apparently went and told Michelle Pfeiffer about it and like was like, hey, I'm going to write this story. Like, are you cool with that? And which I find very interesting. Um, and apparently she gave him his blessing. Well, I will say this small little tidbits into our review of this book. Uh-huh. Um, I read the entire issue with yeah. Danny DeVito's narration. Like, as so. I didn't, but I kind of like, you know how when you can like think about it, and you're like, how was I reading that? You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But I mean, we'll get into it later. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I have the thoughts on that whole issue. So okay. I mean, we'll yeah, get yeah. into it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just thought that was very interesting that Danny DeVito, like again, seems like a pretty solid dude. He has no reason to go to Michelle Pfeiffer and tell him like, hey, I'm writing a Catwoman story. I would be curious if Michelle Pfeiffer even keeps up with that kind of shit. You know what I mean? Oh, like, I doubt it. I, yeah. I doubt it. And um, so uh, granted, I would love to see her in The Flash. If that's one of the hidden people in there, that would be awesome since we're bringing Keaton back, you know? But yeah, for the most part, Danny DeVito just, you know, continuing to seem like he's a badass dude. And uh, so, yeah, that was kind of cool. Um, moving on from that, sticking into the, I guess, movie news, Batgirl officially filming, correct? Yes, officially. Yeah. So I'm not going to lie. I thought this thing was filming a long time ago. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, I don't keep up when things are filming. Like, I just saw uh, an article with... um. Oh my God! What is her name? That's playing Iris in the Flash movie, Clemson Clemens. Uh, I forget her uh, first name, but the actress that's playing Iris West. Uh, I saw an article with her saying she was like, "I didn't believe that it was happening." She was like, "I oh, it yeah, was yeah yeah." yeah. Like, she's like, "It was kind of a weird experience because like the way I played it in that movie wasn't really how I decided to play her in this movie." Yeah, I feel like she's kind of grown and like like talked about the development of it. 
but she said that it felt very weird. Yeah, um, like because it got delayed so many times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I kind of just feel like that with movies, especially since we don't go to theaters as much anymore. So it's not like, oh, I can't wait until August. Oh, I can't wait until October. You know what I mean? Like, I know you go to the movies now and stuff, but I don't keep up with that shit anymore. Like, I'm yeah. literally like, oh, shit, Suicide Squad comes out tomorrow. Like, OK, um, you know, uh, because the last movie I saw in theaters was fucking My Hero. Yeah. So, you know, um, I can't even imagine the last blockbuster I saw. Did we go see something? Uh, the know. last blockbuster. <laughs> was it still Bloodshot? You can't call that a blockbuster. Yeah, that's um, true. You could barely call Birds of Prey a blockbuster. That's so the true. last thing we saw was Hobbs and no, Shaw. No, we saw it. Uh, see, here's the thing. Tenet didn't get the money, but that was a blockbuster film. Okay, yes. So Tenet was the last thing we saw. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, that was that was very interesting. I saw an article recently, or maybe it was a TikTok, about how Hollywood is starting to like really fuck up audio because they're trying to do too much. And they brought up Nolan's Tenet. Do you remember not being able to hear in that film? Like, I don't yes. remember that. Yes. I heard everything clearly. So no, the the big thing about their audio, uh, and there has been actual discussions, and the only reason why I bring this up is because I'm currently in audio uh, engineering yeah. school right now, um, and the conversation came up there. Oh, um, really? Yes. Like in um, class? Like as as a small discussion after class. Uh-huh. Um, so like there was the whole like session or whatever where they record, and then they're like, hey, we'll stay on for a couple minutes so anybody can ask us questions, blah, blah, blah. And so... Uh, the idea of going back to the theater came up and they're talking about, oh, yeah, you know, the one movie that I did see during the pandemic was Tenet. And there was, in fact, like parts of this movie that was like, like, I guess the right phrasing is lower in decimal uh, yeah, uh, decibels yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. than the rest of the film. See, I I could see that happening because when I edit videos, like right now, I just applied for an editing job and I'm still waiting to hear back on it. But like, I am somebody that has never really used music in the background a lot because mm-hmm. a lot of people tell me my content is so fast, like you wouldn't even notice the music. Like I'm just like, bam, 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 you know, yeah. or I'm like, I'm so energetic. You don't need the music. Usually you throw music or stuff in the background when somebody's kind of like, slow talking and there's some dead points and you don't want people to yeah. get bored yeah um so i've never really done that but i gave the video to a friend to watch and he was like maybe add some music go do they do music in their in their videos and i was like i don't know and i went back and watched they have music in all of their videos fuck. and i was like oh fuck <laughs> i was like if i did it because i don't notice that sometimes like i yeah. notice it in theaters because they like level it up like it's like yeah. da, 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 you know and so you notice it but like on youtube i didn't know but while editing those types of videos i've definitely lowered the decibel to 40 and sometimes like to 20 like negative 20 and stuff like that so if they like yeah the editor just like accidentally fucked up and lowered it like an extra 10. It makes a huge difference. So oh, like, yeah, and it's just a line of audio. Like it could literally just be one line of audio that fucked up the whole thing, which um, I, I hate looking back on my YouTube videos to review them after I've edited them for like five hours or whatever. So I can only imagine a two and a half hour movie. Like, Oh my God. Like, I don't want to fucking do <laughs> you this just, again. Like the pinpoint of like the entire freaking movie. And there's yeah. just one scene just like, and it's yeah. like almost mute. Oh fuck. 
Yeah. I would have to imagine that people have to, there, there has to be like a job of somebody that just watches movies, right? Like that has yes. to be a job. So, so there's, there's actually, uh, people at your local theaters, mm-hmm. uh, that still to this day, uh, because of uh nowadays because of digital i don't think they do it as much but still people who use film mm-hmm. um i remember in high school uh several of us were in charge of putting it in the actual like projector yeah. and watching it and we had to watch the entire movie and mark the times every single like every single thing that fucked up uh, really? whether it be sound whether it be uh, the little burns that you used to get on the, yeah, uh, yeah, on the yeah. film and stuff, mm-hmm. everything. As far as like the new generation with digital, I don't know if they do it as much, but I think people still like do it just in case. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Anyways, Batgirl's filming. We do know that that is, uh, you know, Brendan Fraser, um, J.J. Simmons, J.K.? J.K. J.K. Simmons. J.K. Yeah. Simmons. And, uh, oh my God, I forget her name every time. Uh, Leslie Grace. Leslie Grace. There you go. Now, you go. I will say this came with a photo. And oh, uh, the clapper, right? Christmas. So it has Christmas streamers, like the little, mm-hmm. like, uh, like the silver streamers, you know what they look like. And yeah, then it yeah, has yeah. like the, the different colors to represent like ornaments and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So there's that in the background. There's like an old eighties computer. Hmm. And then what looks like a uh, like if you were to close a uh, wheelchair. Yeah. You know, you know how the top part is very close together. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So on the other side of the table, it looks like a closed wheelchair. You can mm. only see the top. There's a book that says a code book. And then right in front of the little like scene clapper thing. I can't yeah. remember what they're called. Um they're there called clappers. Well, usually, yeah. There yeah. is a name tag. Oh, film slate. It's what the film slate. Real name the, is. Yeah, yeah, there is a uh, a name tag thing, like a like a little thing that you put on your desk. Yeah. yeah. Um, it says Officer Barbara Gordon. Ooh, I don't think I like that. I, I don't, don't want her to be I a cop. Like that. So this, she should be a librarian. It's what she always is. So get this though. Officer Barbara Gordon is currently canon, if you technically want to call the comics canon, mm-hmm. in Batman 89, the the comic right now. Barbara Gordon is a cop working her oh, way to be commissioner. Yeah. Now, yeah. again, if we're working the theory of like Keaton's going to still be like in continuity and everything else. Yeah. It would be kind of weird, but Batman Beyond, who is the commissioner? Yeah, Barbara. Barbara. Yeah, and I guess technically we got we dealt with that in Titans, a show I don't want to talk about, but she was also commissioner there. So yeah, there is precedent for her being commissioner, but I've never really liked cop Barbara Gordon. Um, and I guess it's just because... It, I mean, then again, I guess you could talk about this, how it does seem like Batman's the only one that'll do the vigilante stuff. I think my camera just got here. Um, <laughs> will only do the vigilante stuff for his till he dies. And I feel like the younger ones will quit. Besides Damien, I think Damien would be the only one that wouldn't quit. 
I feel like that's his crusade. He knows that's going to be his future, which is that's something we can talk about here in a little bit too. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I, I guess that's a natural progression, right? Her see, because also I don't like that. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm like putting myself in a corner here. I don't like that the idea that that they would be cops, but I feel like they would be better cops because they know oh. that dirty cops exist. Yeah, yeah. So also two things to come out of uh, the whole news of Batgirl filming again. Um, mm-hmm. One, we are seeing set photos in, of course, Glasgow. That's where they were filming everything mm-hmm. for The Flash. So it makes sense that they are keeping this as, you know, current modernized Gotham. Uh, so yeah. the same logos and everything are on uh, jackets that are being made as well as police vehicles. Mm-hmm. But then also it says here, uh, I believe the source is from Daniel RPK himself. Black Canary will appear in Batgirl HBO Max original. So really, if you look at the original concept art of Batgirl and we were mm-hmm. like, oh, is that like New 52 outfit? Is that the uh, Burnside outfit? If you look on the other side of the gargoyle that Batgirl is on, you can yeah. see a black canary. There is really? an actual canary. There is a bird. Oh, right like a there. bird. Yeah. Oh. Not, not actually her. Not yeah, actually yeah. Smollett, but it is a bird, a canary right there. Interesting. Okay, so Smollett's going to probably be what? A supporting character, maybe? Either a supporting character or a cameo non cameo like you know what i mean like hey yeah, i'm gonna yeah. be here and then like mm-hmm. hey i'll show up again later on but not a huge part of the film yeah you know? yeah yeah i mean she's getting her own thing so she probably shouldn't be in this film that long yeah. um but then that means bad girl's probably gonna be in hers um you have to give huntress her own film like on hbo max like make yes. it violent and just scrub birds of prey away honestly like i think- i I honestly think that's what they're doing. I think I that hope what so. they're doing is they just like, okay, that is what it is. It didn't make nearly as as enough money as we thought it was going to make, mm-hmm. a la, you know, the beginning of the pandemic or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I feel like there was a whole bunch of marketing mishaps with that movie anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, this, you get a quote-unquote proper Birds of Prey. Yeah. And then if you want to bring Harley Quinn in it, that's when you bring in Gotham City Sirens. I agree, and what you end up doing, and I know some people hate this, but it works with certain characters, and Harley's one of those characters. She just comes in, and she can make a comment of like, oh, we haven't hung out in a long time. And they're like, the hell are you talking about? She's like, oh, maybe I just dreamed that. And then you just say Birds of Prey was a dream. Yep, That's all it was for Harley Quinn. Which means um, Black Mass, Ian McGregor could come back. Yeah, I agree, because uh, that was one of the biggest farces of the thing. Besides, like, hinting that he's gay, but that he's not gay, I fucking hated that. Just make him <laughs> gay. Like, I don't care if there was a dick in the demon, and the diamond or whatever, you know what I mean? Like in the demon, Jesus. Yeah, hey, get Rachel Gould gets into some crazy stuff, you know what I mean? It's the dick of the demon. That's uh, the Pornhub video that you go to watch. <laughs> the League of Assassins are searching, searching that up on Pornhub. Uh, yeah, did you see the new dick of the demon video? Um, but anyways, uh, interesting stuff. I do think they should wipe out Birds of Prey. Um, 
anyways, so that's pretty interesting. But moving on from that, okay, should we go into, we have vampire updates, that's something we talked about last week, or Clay says he has a question for me. What should we do? So it's not necessarily a question. It's okay. rumored news. And since we're talking about movies, I might as well say it now. So we'll do this and then we'll go into the updates for the comics and then move into the comics. So um, there is a now take it with a huge grain of salt. Mm-hmm. But there is technically some evidence that pointed to this via DC fandom that they kind of made into a joke. Mm-hmm. So let's see here. An animated trilogy is coming to an adaptation of Crisis of Infinite Earths. It would be announced next year, and they would go on sale in digital platforms in 2023 and 2024. All DC animated universes are expected to join. Oh, so this is the Snyder stuff? So, no, no, no. If you remember in DC fandom, Uh um, I believe it was the... uh, the host of DC fandom was talking to Jim Lee and they had like this like weird amalgam puzzle thing. And he's like, Oh, actually what we're going to do is, and it started to like bleep everything out. Yeah. So this is rumored to be what he was joking about and what he was saying. So it's going to be an animated version of every universe. It's going to be an animated version of uh, justice league, the animated series, Justice League Unlimited, uh, Young Justice, every single animated movie that came uh, from all of existence, basically. So all the Batman animated movies, all of the Superman animated movies, Red Sun, uh, Batman Gaslight, uh, all of the Justice League animated movies that they've made. Yeah. And quite possibly still rumored, but live action universes. Interesting. Going into an animated universe and doing Infinite Crisis. Interesting. Or Crisis on Infinite Earth. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are two different books. Um. Well, I mean, with how cheesy the CW is, I don't see a problem with that now. Because they've done it on Legends, if I'm not mistaken. Didn't they go into a cartoon world? I never saw that episode. I don't know if they did. After fucking Hugsy or whatever the fuck his name was, Weebo Zebo came out, oh, yeah, I was yeah. done. I was uh, I couldn't well, watch this uh, this week. I mm-hmm. think uh, Bebo mm-hmm. did a Christmas special, of course and it's did. animated. Of course he did. But also, uh, Vixen, the character of Vixen, mm-hmm. actually got introduced to the CW via an animated series, and yeah. then for a while, the Flash wasn't well, Light, uh, Light Ray as well, or whatever his name was. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they yeah. were actually pretty good, like animation. Like it was yeah. really, really good. Um, yeah. It was so like if, Young Justice, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah. if they honestly, if they want to do that, if they want to use the Young Justice animators, yeah. and do a Crisis on Infinite Earths, I'm down. Yeah, yeah, and no, I'd be down. I mean, uh. I haven't seen Injustice, which everybody says is fucking awful, but, you know. They think Young Justice is awful? Injustice. Oh, Injustice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, Um, I still haven't seen that, but everybody is saying. Like, even the people that I see praise, like, almost everything, mm -hmm. they said it's crap. 
Yeah, I haven't watched it, so I don't know. But then again, like, I always feel like the one thing I am behind on is the animated movies. Like, I don't ever catch up on those. Like, I still haven't even seen the one that ended the series. War oh, yeah, or whatever, yeah. like Doomsday or whatever. So that's pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, anyways, so go from there. Um, before we Let's do the viewer question before we dive into um, the vampire update, because I feel like that's a bigger topic. Okay, so... But- the viewer question is from um, a fellow Discord member, um, yep, yep. Red Hood. Uh, remember, guys, go check out the Discord. It is going to be in the link in the description down below if you're looking at YouTube or even in the show notes on our podcast feeds. Mm-hmm. So Red Hood says, just to let y'all know, Ram V actually has one more issue and then his run is over and someone will take over on 39. And is that true, though? Well, keep talking. I mean, I'm going to check because I don't know. He says, um, and also I do agree, they need to stop killing Flash all the time. Um, so he says, my question is, what is your favorite story arc in both Scott Snyder's run and Tom King's run? So I know... He does do one more. I just checked. Okay. I know mine. What is yours? <laughs> For who? Uh... I'm I'm gonna go Tom King first because okay. I feel like I feel like Snyder is very like all of what like just all around well loved. So let's yeah. give some love to Tom King. I know that you like to slob on his knob anyway. Yeah, well loved until Batman disappears. Yes, yes. Yeah. Until about issue what thirty? I think it is, or yeah, maybe yeah, even yeah. like forty. Because everybody forgets that was only fifty-two issues. Yeah, yeah. It so. was very very short. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, it was a year. Or two it was years, four ten. years, because it was monthly. It was monthly. Holy shit! That's right. Yeah. They went to bi-weekly mm-hmm. with Rebirth. That's right. Yeah. Holy crap! Um, yeah. So, in Tom King's run, my favorite arc is Batman Cold, uh, Cold Days. When you started reading it, when I started reading, mm-hmm. um, that is the one where uh, Bruce is actually on the uh, trial. Um, uh, he's not on trial, but he is part. He's a jury. Yeah, he's part of the jury, yeah. and he talks about like his religion and how he grew up and all of, all of that. Mm-hmm. Like you get to see uh, Nightwing as Batman for a very short amount of time, and it kind of played along, of course, with the idea of Mister Freeze being this like psychopathic killer. Um, that yeah. of course Snyder and Tynan. Uh, brought into the new 52 universe. Yeah. So I love that story. And mm-hmm. it ends with Batman getting his original costume back. Yeah. 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 That was actually a good arc. Um, I don't know if I have one, to be honest. Because the one thing I will say, King, there was like, first of all, the first date issues I absolutely love. Are the double date issues with yeah. with Superman and Lois? And Lois, yeah. those are amazing, and those are the first uh, Clay Man issues, if I'm not mistaken. So yes, those were awesome. Uh, but I don't. I think those were between arcs, so I'm not too sure. Uh, I would probably go with the stuff leading up to the wedding. Is probably what I enjoyed the most because I think it's called like the Bad and the Burglar or something like that. But to be honest. I really loved the two issues right before they go back to City of Bane. 
where it's just them on the beach and stuff. I don't know why. Like, I feel like that explored their relationship a lot. Um, I thought that was really, it was, I think that was also Clay Man, so it was drawn very well. Um, the coloring on it was amazing. But, like, it's, it's very hard for me to pick, like, an arc in Tom King's run just because I feel like all of it together flowed very well. Um, but, yeah, if I had to pick, like, I don't think I have arcs, but I love those two first date ones, the, that little mini arc, mm-hmm. and then the the stuff right before they go back to City of Bane when they're, like, together on the beach and he's just kind of, like, working through all his shit. Yeah. Um, I kind of really like those. But, yeah, I don't think I have a favorite arc there. For Snyder, it's Endgame. Like, it doesn't Endgame start with fucking him fighting the Justice League. The first time I ever yeah. read that, I was just like, what the fuck? Like... Seeing Batman fight the Justice League is something I always wanted to see. Granted, you could see it in, like, Tower of Babel, but that was more like people using shit against, using his ideas against the Justice League, not him fighting the Justice League. Um, Which, and technically here, he doesn't really fight the Justice League either. He's just trying to survive the Justice League. So, um, uh, but I still, like, was amazed by that. Like, it was amazing. So, um, that was really cool to see that. But yeah, Endgame, that's just so easy. Like, Granted, as much as I talk shit about, like, seeing too much Joker, at that point, I was still super in love with everything that I saw when it came to the Joker. Yeah. So, you know, that was fantastic. But is that now, yours? Or? As far as mine, I will say, and it's, I feel like a kind of cop out, but he did such crazy things with it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Court of Owls. Oh, and yeah, yeah. The reason why is when I picked up, I think it was issue four. Mm-hmm. in my local comic shop which was in a mall at the is time is that the one that flips yes yeah, yeah when you had to like move your comic mm-hmm. and actually because he was in the maze of the mm-hmm. courts underneath gotham like yeah. that within itself like blew my fucking mind i was like holy you know shit. you had to fight for that right dc yeah. didn't want that to happen yeah yeah i bet you that's a pain to do though I mean, oh, I guess you would have to flip it in the copier. I guess it wouldn't be too bad, actually. I'm just trying I would to like to see the process of it because now mm-hmm. that is something that, like, I'm not going to say it's a common trope, yeah. but, like, you see it more often now since sure. then. Yeah, it's, yeah. like, something that, like, people have grabbed and they're like, oh, that's so cool. Let me try this whenever I have the chance to do something like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's always the best, like, it's why nobody can replicate, like, Mr. Beast on YouTube, right? Like, he's the only one that can do the crazy shit because everybody else is just like, it's not as good. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, pretty unfortunate. But, uh, yeah, no, that was amazing the first time I read that, too. I was just like, holy shit, like, that is dope. But, um, and sometimes, like, other people try to do interesting things and they just don't fucking work. And, uh, like, the whole, like, flash forward, flash back, flash this, flash that. You know what I mean? It's like, bro, you're, it's too much. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd have to go endgame. But, again, everything from issue one to right before, you know, when him and Joker fall down and he loses his memory, that's all gold, in my yeah. opinion. That is top tier Snyder. I don't think he'll ever reach that peak again. I don't with his uh, un, his original stuff or anything. I don't think Snyder will ever be that good again because he just hasn't shown it lately. Oh, and yeah. this is the interesting thing because when we're going to talk about human target here in a little bit, but the one thing I will say that separates, I think Tom King from Scott Snyder is, you know, when Scott Snyder's writing a story, I don't think you can tell that with Tom King. 
Because Tom King, whether you love him or hate him, I feel like you could take every one of his 12-issue series, give them to somebody to read, and they wouldn't necessarily know it's Tom King if you didn't have the names on it and stuff, in my opinion. I will have to disagree to a point. There's some instances where you're like, wow, that's a really good story. Who is it Mm -hmm. from? But then I do feel like Tom King has some Tom King isms in his book. Okay. That are very much like, oh, this is definitely a Tom King book, you know? Yeah. So I, I think what I mean by that is like Tom King's a writer to where he actually knows what tone is. I don't yes. feel like Scott Snyder knows that. And because Scott Snyder's tone for death metal was fucking awful. I I still, to this day, I don't care how much he praises himself for it and mm-hmm. how much he says that was a dream project or whatever BS he wants to roll with. Yeah. I think he phoned that one in. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't think he... Now, if you look at the original metal series, I think that was great. I think that was a dream project. I think that was like a, Hey, everything that I put into uh, my new 52 Batman, like I want to show how much I love Batman. Yeah. And, and then DC was like, Hey, do it again. He's like, yeah, fuck me. I like, that was, that was my story. That's what I got, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that was definitely a cash grab. No matter like, I don't know if that's like NDA or you just can't say that kind of stuff, but that was 100% a cash grab, no matter yeah. how anybody wants to see it. Um, and it was awful um, because I think you could have done something good there, but it was just uh, it. At, you know what? Should He should have never done the eight issue fucking uh, Batman Who Laughs. Because yeah. you just gave us, you give us eight issues of this guy not being able to get beat by Batman and Superman, and then you have him go super cosmic, mega, insanely godlike, and I'm just like, God, this was awful. Like, and the one thing, the one thing that he did was, oh, you know Barbados, the mm-hmm. baddest motherfucker in all of fucking DC universe. Oh yeah, yeah. he's gone like that. Yeah, in in yeah, metal, yeah. he fucking just like. A, a wave of a fucking hand and Barbados was gone. Yeah. Something that his like lover, cause he's like super in love with Grant Morrison, isn't he? Like that was created yeah. by his fucking idol and he just destroyed it. That's the one thing I will say too is Snyder doesn't respect the older shit. In my opinion, like he's totally cool with changing. He had the audacity to try to change Mr. Freeze's origin. Are you fucking kidding me? Get the fuck out of here. Like, his origin, the way it is, the way it is in the animated series is perfect. Because he's a troubled villain that did it all for his wife. Yeah. And then he tried to make him some, like, I'm a murderer that likes to prey on women. But that remember, I Tomasi fixed it. Tomasi fixed yes. it in the detective run. Yeah, for sure. Granted, that got kind of weird, too, though. Because where's his wife now? You know? Mrs. Freeze. Yeah. Oh, geez. And now, so apparently Mr. Freeze should be in a dungeon somewhere, like frozen to death. So oh, that's true. Yeah. And she should be Mr. Freeze right now. Mrs. Freeze. So, but I don't like, see, the thing is, I didn't like that Tomasi had her betray him. Yeah. I hated that. So, yeah. you know, it's hit or miss. Um, that Tomasi run was up and down. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, uh, 
I, I just don't agree with some of the stuff Snyder does. Uh, but anyways, that's uh, the viewer question. If you guys want to go uh, leave yourselves a viewer question, I highly suggest you go do that on the YouTube channels. That's where we get them from. Um, yeah. Uh, also, if you see a viewer question, don't be scared to leave your question. I've noticed we've been only getting one a week. Yeah. So I don't know if people are like, oh, somebody beat me to it. No, just leave your question. We'll we'll answer both of them, multiple of them, or yeah, we'll yeah. pick the best one. Like, yeah. um, we're not jam-packed with news right now. And honestly, um, if there is too much to handle, um, we are not above answering those questions via the Discord either. We'll, yeah. you, we'll answer those in because we do have a channel for the Batman News Weekly podcast on there. Yep. And we can just sh- shoot it in there. So, yep. That's For why sure. you need to join that as well. So, yeah. um, so let's go ahead and jump into the DC versus vampires news um, that I got yes. from uh, Rosenberg himself. <laughs> yes, exclusive, technically. Yeah, pretty maybe. much. Um, so I I went ahead and I was and I'm pretty sure I said this on the podcast. I was like, you know what? I need to go ahead and see if I can shoot him a message. See what's going on. So I was like, hey. Just got done talking about issue two. We thought it was great. It was awesome. We did have a question, though. What's the involvement of Tynan and you in regards to writing? Is it one one off, one on? Mm-hmm. Is it, you know, half and half on each issue? What's going on? And he said this. He said, James's pitch was the one that came in via the uh, for the series. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he did the outline of the actual whole 12 issues yeah. while Rosenberg is doing all of the dialogue. Yeah. Which answers my question of how the fuck did they get Batman so right in this story, but so wrong in Tynan's Batman run. It's because he's not writing. it. Yeah. So I thought that was very intriguing when Clay told me that because yeah, it just goes to show you that some people know how to write Batman, and others don't. Yeah. And the craziest thing about, and we're going to talk about this uh, with, I think, Tynan again, with the Omega issue that I have some qualms with when it comes to how people write Batman. But, like, I it blows my mind with Tynan because he's a disciple of Scott Snyder who wrote one of the best Batman arcs of all time. So, yeah. like, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't know what happened. Yeah. Um, but maybe some people just can't do it. Because I don't think Tom Taylor is a good Batman writer. He's a great writer. But I don't think he knows how to write Batman well. I think that he... It's very odd because Tom Taylor, I he think... He can write the family well. He can write the family <laughs> well, for sure. Yeah. Um, but via his uh, Dark Knights of Steel and the very ending of The Detective, which mm-hmm. we will talk about later. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. I yeah. think I think he has a hard time doing stuff that is out of the box, but that's his specialty. Yeah. Like, you know, like, hey, I'm mm-hmm. really good at this, but let's add an icon to this. And yeah. it gets a little out of like out mm-hmm. of line or whatever. I think that's my that might be what it is, because I think if you were to say, hey, Tom Taylor, write Batman in the main continuity of books. Yeah, I think he would have a shot at it. Yeah. You know, because he wrote that great Alfred issue, but it was yes. of, it was Alfred yeah. like, but he's I have never seen something from Tom Taylor where like even Injustice. I know a lot of people loved Injustice. I didn't like the way Batman was written there most of the time. Um, and it's also it was drawn horribly. 
So like, well, Redundo has gotten a lot better. He's the one currently on Nightwing right now. Really? Yeah. How crazy That's the is the same that? artist? Yeah. Oh think my about, god. Think about that for a while. Wow. Um. God damn. Insane. I can never get over the Batman shocked face when Superman oh, killed god. Joker. <laughs> that is the worst panel. That no, is no, probably no, no. There's a worse panel than that. There's you think worse... so? Yes. So. Look at in injustice. It. Yes, look oh, on okay. your phone right now. Type in injustice Batman crying. Let's see, injustice Batman crime. Yes, uh, I can't spell. There's there's, there's a moment. There's a moment. I believe it's when spoilers for I don't know how long injustice has been out. It's either when Nightwing dies or when. Because I think Alfred eventually You died, say right? crying? Yes. Oh, okay. I put crime. No, crying. It's going to be a panel with him and Catwoman. Mm-hmm. The one with his teeth and he's punching? Yes. Oh, wow. That is pretty bad. You, this is why you never draw Batman without white eyes. You just don't do it. Like, it looks so bad. You can get away with it in the movies, but... No, that, oh my God, that looks awful. Those are like, I mean, it's not that bad, but I was going to say it's like a step down between, uh, yeah, it's so bad. Uh, guys, just go look it up Injustice Batman Crying if you guys want to see what we're talking it's about. It's bad. But it's, it's, I don't think it's as bad as um, Deadpool creators Captain America. That's still one of the worst all-time uh, the big chest and everything. Yeah, it's so bad. I think I, I got blocked by that guy on Twitter when I had Twitter. That guy's so soft. Uh, I think I'm still I forget blocked, his yeah. name. Uh, yeah. Rob Life. I forgot. I made a joke about feet. Something he's heard his whole life and he just blocked me. I was like, meh, whatever. Um, <laughs> Bendis is still the one that blows my mind. Still <laughs> blows my mind that he blocked you, me. You barely did anything. <laughs> I know. I was like, what the fuck? And Clay's over here saying all this crazy stuff about him, and he doesn't... Nope, Clay's still in hot block. And I'm like, bro, all I said was, real talk, when are you leaving Superman? That's all I said, and I got blocked. And I was just like, well, damn. Someone's someone's got a soft spot. Um, But anyways, there's that. More more into the conversation, because, I mean, me and Matt talked, and he didn't say that I couldn't say any of this, Mm -hmm. so I'm going to go ahead and share it. I said I really liked your dialogue with the Bat family. Yeah. I think that was the biggest highlight of that issue. He said, thanks, yeah, I still have to pinch myself uh, that I get to write all of them uh, in this series. And I said, uh, from the two from the two pages that we got him, um, I want more of your Green Arrow. I asked him, hey, is there anything big after DC versus Vampires? Is, uh, I said... Or are we just sticking with Task Force Z for now? I know you can say, I know you can't say specifics, of course. I just uh, been digging uh, your growth at DC. He says between Detective Weekly backups, mm-hmm. so starting, I believe, in January, mm-hmm. he is going to be doing a backup story on detectives, uh, on Detective Comics. So he has that. Joker Puzzle Box, Task Force Z, and DC versus Vampires. He says that I write the equivalent of six issues a month for DC. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, he says, I have stuff coming up, but right now it's just those are my focus. Interesting. Yeah, no, um, I had no problem with Puzzle Box. We only covered the first issue. I had no problem with it. It did jump around a little bit weird, which is what was the issue, but I think we were fine with dialogue. Yeah. Um, Task Force Z, we dropped. I was not feeling that book. Um, uh, loving vampires right now. And then... You mentioned something else, but I'm not paying attention to that one. Uh, Detective uh, Weekly Backup. So in January, like there will be a backup story at the end of Detective that will be his. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, like I said, uh, he the dialogue, the way he wrote Batman was so well. And uh, it makes sense that he did the dialogue because I don't Tynan didn't come close to that. In how many issues did he have? He went from what eighty six to eighty six to one seventeen. Yeah, yeah. So not including all the damn spinoffs he had. Uh, Ninety six, one hundred six, sixteen. He had thirty one issues. Yeah. Holy so, shit! He had thirty one issues. Yeah, and fuck. Wrote Batman well, maybe one or two of them. He, he was okay. I had hope at the start. Yeah, I had the, with the designer arc. I had hope, and then when Every, he reveals it, was it, everything. It was everything else that was kind of iffy. You know, the yeah. whole, the the hey, we're gonna get a new bat invention every single issue, yeah, and like yeah. all of that. Like he was going a little campy with it, and I was like, yeah. okay, slow it down, which it did. We were like, okay, cool. But then his introduction to like, oh, it's another Joker story. And yeah. It's just like fuck, dude. Like, yeah, it was a. Uh... Uh, yeah, I, mean, I think we've said enough of Tynan, So, <laughs> All right, so let's go to move on to comics, uh, since we just talked about a bunch of stuff. Let's knock out Human Target first. For anybody, if you're new to listening to this podcast and you're like, why the hell are you talking about Human Target? Well, uh, Batman has been mentioned in this story, but it's also, uh, I kind of just like to pay homage to Tom King because his writing is essentially the reason we started this podcast. Because uh, for just some Batman News Weekly lore, first podcast ever had the death of Alfred in it, which came through Tom King's run. So we just like to cover a majority of his stuff on this podcast. And to be honest, a majority of stuff has hinted at Batman before in all of it. A lot of it feels yeah. like it. So anyways, still kind of relevance. Uh, relevance? Whatever. Uh, I can't speak. Relevant. There you go. <laughs> but Human Target, uh, we loved the first issue. It was very intriguing. Yeah. Gives off that definite, like, detective-y noir film, which we kind of got that with, uh, you know, Rorschach recently. But this one feels like, I don't know. This is what I mean to Tom King. Like, Rorschach felt very dark noir. This feels very, like, more upbeat, but still has a detective aspect of it, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. That could be because of the bright colors and stuff like that that they're using in these. But um, I love that... This is more of that classic, like, femme fatale shows up to try to maybe get our, like, detective off the case, you know? But it seems like she's going to try to help him, or she wants to help him. So, essentially, this whole story is day two, because if you guys don't remember, uh, our human target has 12 days to live. And there are, is there 12 suspects, or is there, like, 10 suspects? I don't forget, I forget how many there are. Um, I'm gonna have to go back and look, but it yeah. looked like there was a there's a pretty big handful. Yeah. So it it seems like each person may have their own issue or at least be talked about. We had multiple people mentioned in this issue. So what ends up happening is Ice shows up to um what is his name? Chase, right? 
Chase uh, or yeah, let me. He says it in the very beginning. Um, yeah, I think it's uh, Chase something. I could be wrong, sure. but um, she shows up. Oh, Chance. Yeah, uh, Mr. Chance, um, which is the human target. So Ice shows up and she's like, "What's up, Mr. Chance?" And they kind of have a little discussion. I love that he's talking about how she gives off this aura that makes everything feel colder. Christopher Chance. Christopher Chance. There you go. Um, I love that he talks about how ice, like essentially people can't be around her a lot because she can control the temperature. And so she says that, you know, she came up to the office because she didn't want to make anybody cold downstairs. He's like, there was nobody downstairs. She's like, you never know. And, um, I thought that was interesting. They start talking and she just kind of starts like, he's like, Hey, do you want to go somewhere like warmer or something like that? And they essentially get in the car and they drive hours away to a beach <laughs> and i'm like bro like uh, if i got 12 days to live i don't know if i'm driving tw- hours away to go to a beach but i could be wrong uh then again we do stupid things for beautiful ladies so that could be what's happening with our character here so on this super long car ride she doesn't bring up the whole poison but she knows about it because he they mention it in his office she yeah. doesn't bring it up but he she tells him her whole life story that she was at the start this like princess type character from like the antarctic kind of place and she's an ambassador and that's why she joins the you know justice league international all this fluff story only to find out that she killed she was a metahuman and she lied about her her life story he says here um she says, so, uh, or at least that's what she thought until a few years back when she found out that her life, like the best of fairy tales, was all made up. And then yeah. you see her real story uh, was a metahuman. Her parents were like, what the fuck? Uh, yeah. So they like tried to hide her. She was found out. And I believe it her was, grandfather. Her grandfather was like, she's an abomination. Yeah. And in the hopes of only stopping him, mm-hmm. uh, she accidentally froze and killed both her grandfather and her father. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was really interesting. And what I loved here is, for a majority of this issue, you are just learning about ice. And yeah. that's it. And then um, we we get the detective aspect here, which is really cool because they're having dinner on just like some random little beach uh, restaurant. If you guys have never been to a beach before, there's a plenty of these things on the beach, like just these chill little shack kind of restaurants, usually have things outside. And sometimes there's not a lot of people, especially during the week. Um, so they're just sitting out there all by themselves. And he's saying like, if she wanted to, she could kill me right now, essentially. And nobody would know because she could essentially lower his body temperature so low that he would die and it looks like he would just slump over without even would... touching him. Cause that yeah. was the big point of the beginning where it's like, Oh, well sometimes if I'm frustrated or whatever, the room just starts getting colder um, yeah. without my control, um, which is why they left in the first place here. He's like, Oh, I'm starting to feel colder, meaning she's starting to feel uncomfortable. She's getting yeah. angry, whatever she is feeling. Yeah. Um, it gets a little intense. Yeah, and she does that because he's all he knows what she's doing. He's like, so let me get this straight. Um, and he essentially tells her, like, 
you're telling me all this because you're trying to protect somebody. Like that's the gist of it. And, um, you know, he's like, you're throwing me off. You're doing all this kind of stuff. And he was all, because you know that you want to throw like suspicion away from somebody, which is, he was all, I have to ask if you're ice, where's fire? Because that's like fire and ice. Like they're, they're a pair, not necessarily together, because yeah. it seems like she was dating Guy Gardner, is what she mm-hmm. says in here. Yeah. So, but they have like a bond that yeah. like it could be like a sisterly bond, if anything. So she was like, I know Fire wouldn't do this, but because I've heard her say something before about killing Lex Luthor, I want you to know that she would never do something like this. And the reason why she would kill Lex Luthor is because Lex Luthor made a pact with a super planetary a person called overlord right i think is his yeah. name overmaster yeah. or something like that um and he overmaster called him is the name yeah he called him through like a galaxy cell phone service or some bullshit and uh he's like hey help me destroy the earth uh kill superman for me and you know i'll let you destroy the earth and that that ended up killing ice somehow and then she was resurrected and yeah. so there's people this is setting up the state this is setting up the precedent that there are people that do want to kill lex luther because they hurt ice. Yeah. And so this starts piling up suspects, which I think is really cool. And um, so she's, she's like, I can help you on this case. Like anything you need to know, if you need to get close to somebody, if you need to do something, I'll do anything to help you. But I just need to prove to you that it's not fire. And so at first, because I know obviously Tom King doesn't just give away his stories like this. So mm-hmm. it does seem like ice is really trying to, like it's not fire, it's not fire, which kind of gives a hint at was it ice? Maybe like, it's ice, you know. But then also you have to throw in the fact that if anybody has read the old school uh, Justice League International, Justice League Detroit, mm-hmm. um, or even Green Lantern, Guy Gardner is a hothead. Yeah. Um, and they mentioned it here. He was super pissed when he found all of this out because he's the one that found out about Overmaster. He broke into the archives in Oa with the Mm -hmm. Guardians, found out what happened. And he's like, Ice, you need to know this. Like, the reason why you died was because of Lex Luthor, basically. And, like, you can't throw out the fact that they once dated, and he always shows some sort of feelings towards Ice. So maybe it's him. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Tom King's doing this masterfully where everyone's a suspect. And that's how you make a good crime drama, right? Clue. Like, clue. It's classic clue. And, but it's still good. And you're like, okay, you're learning more about these characters. You're seeing why they might want to kill Lex Luthor. It's very intriguing. Um, So, something that happens throughout the issue is we know that he's dying from poison, this magical, you're going to die in 12 days poison. And um, he drinks, obviously, typical detective thing, drinks alcohol to kind of, like, make it go away. And they went out for a swim because Ice is like, you know what? I never I never go in water. She was like, and I want to do that. So they go get bathing suits. They go for a swim. She keeps telling him, like, do you need me to build you an island? Like, he's like, I'm good. I'm good. But he's getting weaker and weaker. And he starts coughing. He feels like he's going to drown. This is when they kiss and she like sends a coldness through his body. And he's all like, I feel great. Like he's like with that kiss, like everything went away. And so it's kind of like setting up maybe like a love interest for this whole series. So um, we did know the pizza guy that is not Italian, which they make that really uh, <laughs> apparent at the start of the thing. 
mentions there are some women you can't say no to. Yeah. And so we get that at the end of this issue where he's like, it's a stupid mistake for me to have her on this case because she's a suspect. But like, I think it was his name, Gino, or I forget what his name was. He calls him uh, Luigi. Luigi. He's like, like Luigi said, there are some girls you don't say no to. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of how it ends, right? And the interesting thing here is it ends with that, but the final page is, it says DC Comics presents the human target. Tom King loves to do the DC present stuff, especially if you can put it in there. The The ending kind of got me like thrown off, though, because... He is like kind of talking about her saying, I just don't understand it. Like this is the final page, but it seems like this should have been at the start, right? No, I think that this is great. He's talking to somebody, right? No, he's not. He is narrating just like this entire book. He narrates the entire thing like a detective would in a Mm -hmm. classic noir movie. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So what he's doing is he's saying, oh, like, she thought that she was talking to Dr. Midnight. Yeah. When, cause remember how she said, Oh, well I, I talked to Dr. Midnight. I know your situation. Mm-hmm. It was never Dr. Midnight. It was him. Wait, really? He set everything up. Wow. I didn't even pick that up. So listen, listen, he says, At least I didn't tell her about Doc. Give me that. I didn't tell her it was just me on the phone doing Doc's voice like I do. Or or that the guy had already stupidly confronted Lex about Overmaster, about blaming Lex Guy, being Guy Gardner, about Ice's death. I knew she'd make some excuse. I knew she'd come and get a chance to see up close the woman who might have killed me. And then he says, I can still smell her perfume. Um, Wow. Fuck. Uh, I will say I read this book immediately after reading Batcat. Because every time I see Batcat immediately, I read it. When we get it, we get them three weeks. Well, not all the time. But sometimes we get very far in advance. And um, I think since it's the end of the year, they kind of just want to give us everything. So I read Batcat. So I was on that. And then I was like, oh, fuck. I got to read these. All these issues are way too long, in my opinion. These anniversaries. So yeah, I was like, so I was blazing through these. Anniversaries usually, for some reason, they're like, hey, we need to add the additional dollar. Yeah. So we need to make it worth it. And then they add an extra 10 to 15 pages. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I totally missed that. I'm usually the one that has to call these things out for Clay. He's been helping me on this one. <laughs> it, I think I missed something on the human, the first issue, too. So very interesting. Um, wow. That makes it even better, to be honest. Yeah. So um, it's, it's showing that. That chance is not just your, like, for anybody who is questioning, like, why is this person such an important person to be able to get his own book? Yeah. Like, because honestly, the human target has not had a huge, like, like audience or at Mm -hmm. least a huge, like, showing since like the 90s. He hasn't had any type of solo title or graphic novel or anything. Yeah. So for Tom King to bring him about, there's going to be people who want to know, like, why is this guy so important? Yeah. Like, give me something that's worth it. Mm-hmm. And then showing that he is like a really dope undercover spy type of individual. Like, yeah. he's a private investigator on top of like, hey, like, I'm 
basically a hire to kill. Yeah. You yeah. know what? That actually, you saying that it's spy makes a lot more sense because I would say Rorschach gave off the detective noir vibe. This gives off more of a James Bond spy vibe. See, and, and I think what... I mentioned tonally it is different. Yeah. This book very much, like this issue in particular, felt like those random scenes in a James Bond movie where you just see mm -hmm. him like hanging out at the lobby of a hotel. Yeah. He sees the girl. He goes and hangs out with her and then they fucking bang it out yeah. at the end of the night. You know, mm -hmm. that is what this felt like. And I was like, yeah, it's, I like it's this. The Holly Berry scene when she's coming out of the ocean, all that yes. kind of jazz. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think again, human target has been a banger. Um, Tom King usually gets you on the first few issues. It's the mid issues where you're just like, huh? But then after you read everything, you're like, oh, yeah. you know, like, so that's, you know, that's, it's Tom King. What, what can you do? Um, and also, but we, so we, like, for the books that we've been getting, hopefully nothing stops this book from, like, you know, releasing on time or anything. Yeah. But from, for the first issue to the second issue, it hasn't been that long. So, like, doesn't I seem feel like it. I feel like the first one was kind of fresh on my mind. I knew where everything was going on. Yeah. The referencing to the past issues, like the whole Dr. Midnight and everything. I felt like, okay, everything makes sense now. And yeah. as long as we can keep that momentum, I think knowing how Tom King writes, I can keep that in mind and be like, okay, I can keep this. And of course, it'll be that 11th issue that's like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, but for sure. Hopefully everything still you know, stays on schedule. Yeah, I don't think Tom King's had because even Rorschach got delayed and he made he boasted about how they were six issues deep already, like yeah. drawn, and it still got delayed. Um, so very curious. We'll see how that goes. Um, so yeah, there was a lot of annual there was literally seven books we could cover this week, y'all. We're only covering four. Okay, one one thing real quick before we move on, because I think you should go ahead and know. Uh -huh. Um Mitch Gerard's the other mm -hmm. day, posted a picture, and I just want to bring it up here. He says, shoot, where is it? Where is it? Is it on his really? Twitter? Um, it may have been on his Twitter. Oh, right here. Mm -hmm. I got it on his. Yep, right here. He says, just double-sided printed the script for my next project with Tom King. Oh. Why is it so thick? And he actually shows a picture of the script double-sided. Uh -huh. And it's like a, it's a pretty meaty little piece of script. So the project, like the next thing is already in the works. So yeah. we could possibly see an announcement within the next six months or so. So I'm going through his thing and every, so like right now, Spotify just dropped all of that shit. Oh my God. Uh, it's on everybody's page. Yeah. I love that all of his number ones are Taylor Swift. He's like so into he's, Taylor Swift. I love it. He's such a Swifty fan. It's yeah. So funny. It's so funny. I, he's drawn somebody like Taylor Swift in the books before, hasn't he? Um, uh, I, don't I forgot know. some book. What's her name? What, uh, what's her name from? Because uh, if you go back and look, a lot of his women are drawn from celebrities, it looks like. Yes. Because what's her face in uh, Strange Adventures totally looks like Olivia Munn. Oh, yeah. And I think he confirmed it. I yeah. think he confirmed it after a while. Um, He's like, so, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting here, though. So um, looking at I don't see what you were talking about. So you're gonna have to send that to me. 
But I'm seeing this retweet from Mitch Gerards from Tom King working on the letters for the Batcat Annual, which is now a tribute to the incredible John Paul Leon, who drew the first half of the book. The second half is finished by JPL's friends. The art is beautiful and it's all heartbreaking. So that's going to be interesting. So I wonder if Tom King rewrote stuff to make it more of a tribute to him um, or if it's still going to be the same. Uh, very interesting. So yeah, you're going to have to send me that because I don't see what you're talking about, but yeah, interesting. I'll, I'll send it to you now. Uh, I think we get that tribute in January or February. I wasn't expecting a Batcat. I mean, we talked about this a week or two ago, didn't we? Like, I thought we looked through everything and Batcat wasn't on the men for December. Yeah. So I'm very curious that we're getting one. We, we're getting the last, um, oh my God, what's the artist's name uh, that's doing it right now? Oh, uh, uh, Liam Sharp. Yeah, last Liam Sharp issue. I can, this isn't any spoilers. If you liked issues eight art, it's pretty much the same because um, it was very seven to or seven to eight were very drastically different Liam Sharp types of art, but seven to or eight to nine are pretty similar. But anyways, seven books we could have covered this week. Eight books, actually. I'm a liar. Um, we're only covering four of them. One of them was the Batman annual, which was literally all Ghostmaker. We don't give a shit about Ghostmaker. It was a super anime issue. Like, it was anime to the max. Did you scroll through it? I did scroll through it, yeah. yeah. That's anime honest, to the max. That is how the backups were. This is just the continuation and the finale of yeah. what the backups were from the Batman main I title. feel like this was drawn better, though. Like, yes. the lines and everything feel a lot finer, cleaner. Yeah, um, it was it was the same artist, but this one, it felt like they were like, hey, we have more of, like more pages to fill so let's go ahead and make it worth it i think it was yeah i would be curious to see this because it has a manga vibe but since you don't ever read manga in color i would have liked to see this in black and white and gray like traditional manga to see if it would have been better because the colors throw me off yeah because like it's such a like manga is such a style right yeah. And to see it in American comics with the color, I'm just like, I don't know. There's because- there's actually a uh, person that I follow on Twitter mm-hmm. that uh, she's a pretty big uh, fan of manga every single week. What she does is she'll take one page mm-hmm. from every single release each week and she will colorize it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, does it look cool. good, though, like compared to the original? I think so. I'll, I'll yeah. share I'll share one without like. Uh, showing like super spoilers or anything yeah. with stuff that you were watching via anime, but I'll, uh-huh. I'll share one with you. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, put it in the Discord. Um, so yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. But yeah, so there was the Batman annual. Then there was Nightwing. Night Nightwing got a lot of play this week. Um, he pops up in a lot of different issues. But Nightwing was Nightwing and Red Hood had an annual together, which was the Nightwing annual. Then there was the Batman Detective annual with also Nightwing. Did you read these at all? I skimmed them. They didn't seem interesting. I did not read any of those. Okay. So, yeah, they just, you know, if, you, if you're a fan of Nightwing, there's a lot going on this week that you can definitely check out and read. Definitely go pick those up. But let's dive into Batman Detective. I feel like we could have a lot more to say about the City of Villains and, of course, Fear State Omega, since that's technically the final Tynan issue, I think, because that's wraps up everything at least reading it it feels like so 
this is the finale of Tom Taylor's The Detective. After reading this, hit the landing, not hit the landing. I don't know if it did. Yeah. Um, so was, typical Taylor fashion, unfortunately. Typical Taylor fashion. But honestly, can you tell me the last time you read issue five? No, because um, I want to say that I started disliking this book at issue two. This book felt so delayed mm-hmm. that I don't necessarily soup like I don't remember what happened in the last issue. I honestly don't. Uh, I think the last issue we found out who Equilibrium was. That's right. And it was like a whole big thing with with that whole storyline. So here, I kind of like what they were trying to do with Squire. Yeah, that was cool. I I did enjoy that. And like Mm -hmm. the whole meaning behind like having her team up with Batman. Yeah. Um, But... I don't know if I necessarily like for one Batman rams his fucking Batmobile into one villain and uh, you don't necessarily see that villain again. Yeah, this was um, (laughs) you you just have to assume this is a Gotham or Arkham City, you know, that everybody just bounces off the Batmobile. That's that's what you have to do. All right. Nobody dies when Batman hits them with the Batmobile. They just bounce off. So. That's kind of what you have to do here. Yeah. So here's the thing. Tom Taylor always has, I will say, majority of the time has great ideas. And majority of the time he executes the idea all the way through. But this particular thing, he just doesn't, like the idea is good, but the execution is not. And so with this particular story, the main, the whole concept is, A villain is going after Batman's, the people Batman has saved. Because one time, Batman saved somebody and it ended up getting the family of this villain murdered or killed. Because I think it was a drunk driver. And it was somebody that Batman saved. That is why she's coming after Batman. And so she thinks anybody, this is actually kind of ties into Tom King's run with the whole like, if you don't save the little girl and she turns out to be Hitler... Like, you know, are yeah. you are you at fault? So it's the same kind of situation here. And we hear, um, I think it's Knight say, like, you know, because we find out that Squire was actually somebody from the group's past. Like something they their mom got her mom got arrested, you know, because we didn't take somebody out or whatever. Yeah. And um, so she's like, you know do you not just think about the consequences? Like the things we do have consequences. Like we might save the world, but you know, the people that die still have to live in this world or the people that they leave people behind. You know what I mean? So they took in Squire. And so I really like that concept of like, yeah, like we have consequences. Like Superman saves hundreds and thousands of people a year, but people still die, you know, like cause yeah. alien invasions come in and they blow up cities and he wasn't, he can't be there all the time. So people still die, even though Superman is this amazing character. And it's it's that kind of interesting stuff where, you know, question, random question. Do you think that weighs more on Batman or more on Superman? Because Superman has, like, the superhuman ability. So he feels, I think he would think he could do more. So but Batman's funny, human. 
It's funny that you say that. So, because issue five of Mm -hmm. uh, Superman, Son of Kal El, with Mm -hmm. with you know John, um, that's what it's dealing with right now. The fact that like, um, because his whole thing with meeting up with Damien in the first issue was, hey, my dad never tried to do more. I think I could do more. And I saw that. Me personally said. I like that because there's consequences in that Yeah. because if you think you're the key to everything, mm-hmm. what if you fuck up? What's yeah. going to happen then? And what to, to what point do you get to judge what is right mm-hmm. and wrong? You know? Yeah. So I like the idea and I think Tom Taylor is playing a little bit with that, but what ended up happening last issue in issue five, um, Superman, uh, John that was a kiss issue, right? Yeah, it was the kiss issue. But before that, what ended up happening is he got blasted with like this cannon that is like super concentrated sunlight. Mm -hmm. And so it basically superpowered him. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I can hear and see everything. Now is the perfect time to save the world. And he went around the world doing everything that he possibly could. Yeah. And it wore him out to the point where he was starting to get weak. Mm. Um, It was, it almost like same thing that the sun does for us. It literally like the UV rays literally kills like skin cells. Yeah. It was basically starting to do the same thing to him Mm. on a molecular level for his powers. Mm. And so um, his now boyfriend was like, Hey, I know you're Superman, but you need to take rests too. And so like Superman was upset for the fact that like, Hey, why'd you let me sleep? I slept for like a full eight hours. That's crazy. He's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. but you know, your mental health and your body are important as well. So like it does kind of play with the morality of things. Like, Yeah. yeah, he does have the power to do everything. And same thing for Batman, Batman in a weird way, weird non way is an empath meaning like Batman will put the weight of the world on his shoulders Mm -hmm. sometimes for no fucking reason, just for the fact that like, Oh, I'm Batman. I should be able to save the world sometimes. Mm -hmm. And we've seen it a lot in the animated TV shows, a lot in comics where he feels like he is responsible for not doing a lot of things to help the world. Yeah. But it is it is a I could see there being a really good debate on who it impacts the most. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think it's it's very interesting because Superman, I feel like he feels obligated because he came from another planet. He was raised by, you know, good parents and stuff like that. So he feels obligated to help because he is something that is not of this world. You know, he can do so much more. Whereas Batman it's his life. Like it's his life to never make somebody it's his crusade, as he would say to never make somebody go through what he went through. You know what I mean? And the world is going through that every single day. So like, yeah, it's, it's, it's one thing to see, like, this is my calling. And one thing to say, like, I feel obligated. Mm -hmm. It's very different. So interesting. Not saying that Superman doesn't see that as his calling, but you know, like, it's the idea of like billionaires, right? Like you have so much money, you could fix so many things, 
why don't you you know what i mean um so yeah anyways back to this thing the one thing what uh back to this issue the one thing i will say that was very anticlimactic and i feel like this happens a lot in tom taylor books is he sets up this big catastrophic thing and it usually is over in like a page or two and, and so it was over in literally the next page. Yeah. So the catastrophic thing here was that Equilibrium was going to drone all of London, drone bomb all of London. And it was like 500 drones. And Batman finds out about this because the U.S. sold all these drones, typical. And they sold them to somebody and then somebody sold them to Equilibrium. And that's what ends up happening. She's like, I'm going to bomb all of London because I don't I mean, did he save all of London? Is that that was yeah. made at some point, right? Like, yeah, I don't remember why he saved or how he saved all of London, but it he was did. it was a bomb. It was like a bomb that was supposed to go off. And mm-hmm. that is how he bumped into Descartes again, because mm-hmm. he was because remember, the guy was dead. Yeah. He's like, hey, I know what this looks like, Batman, but I didn't do this. I did this for the greater good, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. yeah. And that was when like Batman was again going to try to like freaking uh, arrest him and all of that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we have these, we have this crazy shot of all these drones coming in and everybody's like, uh, it's going to be over. Batman, London is over. It's going to, you're going to die. And he's all like, no, they were programmed. Like, oh, can we stop it? And they're like, no, they're programmed to do it. And he's like, yeah, but then they were reprogrammed and we get a shot of wheelchair Oracle. So it looks like in this timeline, she's either like, we could actually say this is still continuity because we do know that Barbara has a chip in her spine that is not 100%. There have been issues that she's lost it. If yeah. I'm not mistaken, she fucking lost it during the Joker War, which we were super pissed about. Because yeah. it was the stupidest way they ever did it. Um, so it could just be that the technology is out and she's just cool with being in the chair. Um, but I would think things would get better over time. So that's kind of weird. Yeah. Um, but I'm just going to assume. That she's just, we have Wheelchair Oracle here. And then we have older Nightwing. So Nightwing's still here because we were curious. And this is the one thing I don't like when we get these future stories is a lot of people don't talk about the family. Mm -hmm. And like, we never get a future Damien. Like, where is he all the time? And I'm talking about when Batman's the focal point. We never get a future Damien or a future Tim Drake. We always get Nightwing and Barbara because they're always the police commissioner or if your Frank Miller went crazy and started eating people or whatever the fuck that Nightwing did. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, but we never get the other kids. And that's kind of what I would like to do. But yeah, so Oracle reprogrammed all the drones. Nobody dies. Descartes is like, I'm going to take care of my, you know, my problem. He's going to kill Equilibrium. Batman stops it. And Equilibrium's like, you just <laughs> saved me. So well, now... No, no, so, so before we get there, I just want to say... The best way Tom Taylor should have introduced Barbara as like the secret thing to stop everything Mm -hmm. was make it go a little bit longer thinking like, oh, shit, these drones are really going to destroy like freaking London. What are we going to do? And then have like these pairs of hands typing on this keyboard with a green glow. Yeah. And then we as fans are like, oh, fuck, is that Oracle? Oh, shit. And then have the reveal. I think that would have been a little bit better instead of just being like, Batman was like, oh, you see all these drones? You're going to kill London. But guess what? 
I've reprogrammed them, like literally all in the same page or in the same breath, basically. Yeah. It was a little anticlimactic, but the <laughs> what I think is the funniest thing ever is after Batman saves Equilibrium, Squire's like, hold up, hold up, hold up. Like, why are you trying to like kill Batman when uh, Batman just saved you? And I'm yeah. like, Squire, you know what this person's going to do. Why yeah. would you say that? <laughs> so she straight and up is like, oh, you're right. He did save me. And she puts the gun up to her chin. And you're like, oh, shit. She's going to fucking blow her brains out. Yeah. And Batman legitimately stops it with mm-hmm. his gauntlet. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Uh, it's a very Batman-y thing to do. Like, we know that a lot... You just have to assume that Batman's suit is super reinforced. Yeah. Like, they, and they've even said that he has, like, super microfiber, like, carbonite kind of bullshit weave. Like, it's it's basically, like, animantium-type shit in yes. his shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, it didn't bother me. It was a cool visual, because I genuinely thought she blew her brains out. Like, I was like, oh, like, it would have been gangster, you know? <laughs> but, of course, Batman saved her. And, um, yeah, I thought it was an interesting visual. But, um, yeah, I, it was okay, you know? Well, like, so he saves her. Mm-hmm. And then Descartes' like, oh, you always have to be the dramatic one. I bet you freaking shattered your hand in that gauntlet, too, yeah. huh? The one thing that I hated about this is immediately after that conversation, everything's over and done with. And they saved the mother of Squire. Yeah. Like, like it just, it just happened. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, what the, like, I feel like there's three or four pages that you're just missing. Yeah. And this is my problem. When you end a series, that last issue should always be bigger. Like it just yes. should. And yeah. this was the same 24 pages. And then they gave us like 12 pages of this damn Batgirl story in every single I thing. think that the Batgirl story, I haven't been reading it. Is mm-hmm. it the exact same story over in and over? every and over? single issue. For the past two weeks? I think so. Jesus Christ. The same, I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I need to but, ask one of my friends that like reads everything. Yeah. Because um, it doesn't say Batgirl 2 or 3. It says sneak peek preview. So... If it's the same thing, like they're just wasting print at that point. It's like, just, just so print, much. Put it on the books that you know you want to sell. Yeah. Like, hey, like, you know, this is going to sell. So people are going to buy it no matter what, because it's Batman, because it's this, because it's that. And then they'll yeah. read the Batgirl backup. Yeah. Like, don't put it on just random stuff. Yeah, it's pretty weird. Again, like, it's just so hard to follow that crap. Like, why would I even start reading it? You know what I mean? It started months ago. So it's just, why why would I do this? You know what I mean? I might as well just wait for a hardcover. Like, you know what I mean? Like a trade. Because there's no point in me trying to go back and find every single issue and try to read all that shit together. But anyways, um... I wasn't a big fan of of the detective. I was expecting more, you know, because they made a big deal about it. Like, oh, he's going back to like, you know, kind of like Frank Miller type. You know, this is going to be his Frank Miller story and blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. Well, it was originally supposed to be titled The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Uh, Or was it, is it The Dark Knight Returns or Detective? 
No, it was it was originally called The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. And so that's why everybody was like, oh, shit. Like, why what does that mean? That title, though, if that already exists. There's plenty of stories that have, like, the same title yeah. or same subtitle. Uh-huh. And then you, you just have to say, oh, this is The Dark Knight Returns from Fink Miller. Yeah. Oh, and this is The Dark Knight Returns from Tom Taylor. Yeah. Like, that's dark, basically... Well, I was about to make a joke saying the Dark Knight Returns again, but I literally think that's a Frank Miller book, isn't it? Yes, it's the yeah. Dark Knight Returns Strikes Again. Yeah, so dumb. <laughs> Anyways, uh, interesting to see what he does going forward with Nightwing. Um, but yeah, I just wasn't, a, you know, I don't think he writes the Batman that well, in my opinion. Uh, but let's move on to uh, villains, which I have opinions about this book. Um, I will say, like, I don't think there's, I will say this right away. Was there any story here that you like, were like, wow, that was really good. Not really. And it's funny because I feel like with the anniversary stories, there's usually one or two that me and you were like, holy crap. Like this was good. We're so glad that we read this book. Mm -hmm. I will be completely honest. I looked at the writers for these books and I said, okay, which ones do I really want to read and which ones do I want to completely ignore? Um, yeah. So I I went ahead. I read the Danny DeVito book. I read yeah. the Red Hood story by Stephanie Phillips. I read the Ra's al Ghul story from uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson. And then I read the Killer Moth story from uh, Marguerite Scott. And... Mm-hmm. I was I was kind of hoping for big things for Killer Moth because of that yeah. awesome Dark Knight uh, or Legends of the Dark Knight story that we read with Killer Moth. Oh yeah, and I was like, I oh, forgot about see. it. Did they put that in a trade? I need to buy those. Those were good stories. They they might already have a trade of it. You may want to look it up. Yeah, uh, but I was really hoping for big things for Killer Moth, and honestly, with those one, two, three, four stories that I read. Nothing really popped out at me. I read all of them and nothing popped out to me. Um, and I, I think I, I know why. Because a majority of these stories were written to have stories later. And I think that's the problem. Yeah, They should have been one-shot stories about these characters. And if people talked about them, then you're just like, oh, we should make more. But this is, this screamed that story that Tynan did with all the villains or whatever, that was like, Poison Ivy will return in 2021. Killer Croc will return in 2021. uh, What was it? The Joker War something or like it was a Joker War tie-in. Yeah, it's Batgirls. And Batgirls is just now coming out. And they're like, in 2021. Like, so bad. Um, So I got those kind of vibes here. And I will say, in a lot of these, the art was great. I thought the art was really cool in some of these books. Um, I thought the fear, like, the concept of the Scarecrow one was interesting. Like, him just talking about fear and all that kind of jazz and trying to, like, make Nightwing their main hero or something like that. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I didn't feel like any of them... Re- I, w- I didn't leave any of these stories being like, Wow. The Penguin Catwoman one was awkward for me because I'm like weird. Yeah, I I commend Danny DeVito for wanting to write a penguin story. I think that is very clever. 
Um, but the only good thing about this book was the art. Um, yeah. To be honest, uh, I hate to say that, but like turning the page and just seeing Penguin and Catwoman making out, and then I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, is this yeah. like a fantasy Beautifully thing? Drawn. That, is I thought it was gonna be a fantasy thing. That That's would what eventually, I wanted it to be. That, that would eventually like. Like you see Batman just come in and fuck his his whole day up. And yeah. then like that's when he like, you will rule the day, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. But it would have been better like that. So it should have been like, you know, it's they're living in holy matrimony, and then you turn the page and Catwoman's punching the shit out of him, and he's like knocked out, and then she kisses Batman at the end. So it gives you that vibe of like the the little guy never wins. Yeah. That would have been very different. Because, like, villains can have emotions, people. Like, it's totally cool. That's what makes, again, freaking Mr. Freeze one of the best Batman villains because of his story. Like, yeah. he's fighting for his wife. Like, it's he's doing it for love, but he's doing everything wrong. Yeah. And um, so Penguin, who is, like, I hate to say it, but he is the manga's, like, fat ugly bastard you know what i mean like mm -hmm. they have that in manga like it's a big trope i've literally heard interviews of the reason why jet like japan japan does that in manga and in like their adult videos is because that's their audience like they literally said that i heard a person uh... say that they're like that's our audience so they people want to see themselves in this so i feel like that's penguin Fuck. and like so this was interesting. It's fucked up, right? But it's you. It's yeah. marketing. It's marketing. Like it's unfortunate, but that's marketing. Why do you yeah. think like you know sex sells, right? Everybody wants sex, so it's just like, oh yeah, let's do that with everything. So true. Um. Uh. And again, Marvel. Everybody else. This is the reason why people of color want to see fucking heroes on the big screen that look like them. It sells. Uh. <laughs> anyways, whole different topic. But yeah, this was a bit weird. And I think I was waiting for it to be like a dream sequence. Like Penguin was just having a fantasy. And then it just ends with them saving the world together with a vaccine, which was weird. And then yeah, they adopt animals. Yeah, it, it, it jumped all over the fucking place, dude. It went yeah. from... Like, hey, we're going to, you know, steal all this stuff. We're going to take all this money. And then we're going to use that money and make a vaccine and uh, cure the world. See, what yeah. the fuck? Okay. Um, yeah. But they stole all the vaccines first. Yes. It's, which was so weird. And then, yeah, they, they saved a bunch of animals. They made this utopia. And um, they ended up there like, we're going to adopt and they adopt three penguins and three cats. And they're like, we're going to raise our children to be... They said that they were diverse. They were like, we adopted diverse children. I'm like, that, that's diverse. Fucking penguins and cats. It's fucking um, weird. It was very weird. And they had to show Bruce, like, reading the paper about it. I'm just like... That just gave me, like, Bruce is like, I'm glad I dodged that bullet. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, come on. It's like reading about your ex doing something insane. Um, so it was, I'm, I'm glad that Danny DeVito got to write a story that he's wanted to write, but it was, was weird. It was just weird to read. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think this is something, cause I think had DC got involved a little bit more, they probably would have been like, you have to make it a dream, Danny. Like it has to be a dream at the end. 
like that it's just his fantasy but i think they just let him go full-blown like yeah we're using your name to sell this so you know it is what it is um but yeah like i don't know what was if you had to pick a favorite story if i had to pick a favorite story i would either choose the red hood story i would have went with that or like I kind of want to say the Roz story, but like at the same time, there wasn't a lot there. Oh, the chess one? Not the Talia one, right? No, not the Talia one. And the unfortunate thing is like that connects to a story that Philip Kennedy Johnson has already done. Mm. And so you would have to go back and read that. I'm like, fuck, I don't want to do that. So never mind. Um, and I kind of did like the Killer Moth story. Like, I did too. <laughs> it wasn't anything like bombastic. Yeah. But it makes total sense for a villain to do in Gotham. Well, that's the thing, right? Like, I feel like, and again, it blows my mind that Hollywood just does the same bullshit over and over. And DC does the same bullshit over and over with comics. Yeah, Batman has so many villains, man. Look at what they did with Kite Man. Tom King put Kite Man on the map so much so that he is one of the stars of the Harley Quinn show. Kite Man is fucking hilarious. Dude, and, it's it's great. Yeah. And Killer Moth, a billionaire, a billionaire that uses his money to try to one-up Batman or to best Batman is just such a good idea. But then, like, what I love about this story also is the fact that he, like, he runs out of money, right? Yeah. And then he's like, well, fuck, what do I do now? Oh, I know. I will piggyback off of every fucking crime. And while they take the millions, I'll take the thousands. Yeah. And it's not about getting rich. It's about being happy. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck, dude. Yeah. (laughs) I was like... Is this my life? I was like, <laughs> shit. Um, no, it but- reminded me of, of a question I asked Abby because I, I saw this guy on TikTok uh, talking about it. It's, uh, what would you rather do? Have no, uh, uh, have have really good credit, take uh, $2 million cash. Oh, I saw that video. Yeah. Or take 4000 a week for mm-hmm. the rest of your life. Yeah. And I was, I told Abby, I was like, I take 4000 a week for the rest of Same. my life. And then Abby was like, I would take the two million cash and go. And I'm like, no. (laughs) She's like, but what if I invest it? And I was like, yeah, but do you know how long it's going to take for you to invest that? Just as much as it would take for me to accumulate $4,000 a week to create $10 million. And you only have two million at the start. It's equal footing kind of, but I get more out of it. You don't. Yeah, Yeah, because like you could easily buy a nice house, a nice car, and that's probably like a fourth of your million dollars if you go hard. You know what I mean? Then you're obviously going to travel or do some bullshit there. That's probably going to be like 100K, you know, easy if you want to do a lot of traveling. Um, Because you're probably not going to skimp out on the best hotels and shit. You're probably going to buy like a comfortable hotel and all that. The best thing about $4,000 a week, you keep your weekly job, right? And then you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I get two weeks of vacation. Well, you save up that $4,000 a week. That two weeks of vacation, you can go all fucking out. And then you come yeah. back and you're like, 
well, I still have money left over. I'm still getting money. Let's yeah. go. Like, boom. Yeah, the thing is, is I saw somebody um, duet that video and was all like, this is this fucking Gen Z generation, is what they said. They were like, yeah, it's because y'all, have, yeah, y'all haven't, wa- like, fucking worked. Like, you haven't lived life. He was all, because $4,000 for the rest of your life every week is huge. Fuck and yeah. um, he was all, $2 million, yeah, it's nice. Like, how many... How many people would genuinely take the money and invest it? I know so many people that know nothing about the stock market. I just got into it two or three years ago. Yeah. And so there's so many people that would just fucking blow that stuff because, you know, everybody says, I wouldn't give any money to anybody. And I agree there's people out there that won't, but there are plenty of people that would. You know what I mean? They'd be like, oh, I mean, I got to get something to my mom. And oh, I got to get, you know what I mean? And then you start doing that. And it's not until you have money that you realize how fast money goes. Fuck, dude. It goes and that's so the thing. Fast. I have this big-ass Batman statue over here. I know how fast money goes, <laughs> all right? Because when you have more money, you get the option to buy better things. Yeah. And you don't need to buy those things, but you're like, I have the option to do it. <laughs> and so if you have $2 million, I've never been able to buy a Ferrari, but now I can yeah. You know what I mean? And that's how people, that's how like all these NFL stars and NBA stars blow all their money. And um, so, yeah, pretty interesting. So I thought that was a great story. The reason why it wasn't my favorite is I think it was probably the shortest story out of all of them. I think so. It was, yeah. I think it was only like five or six pages. Yeah, I thought that was great because I love that he was like, he starts listing the greats and he was like, and he was like, I'll never be one of the greats. Like, I'm just not going to be. He's like, you got the Joker. You got Two-Face. You got maybe Bane. Like, I love that. And he was like, I'm just I'm just Killer Mom. You know what I mean? Um, and I thought that was an interesting story. I liked the Red Hood one. I loved the way it was drawn. I loved the visual colors and everything on it. My only problem with it was the idea that somebody else started the Red Hood game. And I don't mind it because like I don't need Joker to start the Red Hood gang, so it still kind of makes continuity, you know. But it just seemed like it was a random dude, you know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe that's what it needs to be. And maybe I'm wrong here, but I, if they would have tied this into Snyder's, because that's this is the one thing I really love that Snyder did when he had the Red Hood gang, because we know it started with Alan Moore. Alan Moore did that. Joker. Got somebody was like, "Hey, wear this thing when you go in there, so they don't see your face." And that's how the Red Hood was kind of born. Yeah. Then it was morphed into, "Oh no, no, no! no. It was an actual gang that went around robbing places." Yeah. Th- oh man, that's oh. It's not an arc. It's technically mm-hmm. not an arc, but that yeah. might be my favorite story of Snyder. It's a great story, and he pays homage to the original Detective Comics with the guy with the you know where you fucking he's holding him by the neck and he's swinging across like typical badass batman and yeah and then you find out at the end of that story that they found the original red hood guy stuffed in a barrel yeah and in a barrel that had some kind of liquid that didn't dissolve the body so he could have been in there for years or he could have been in there for a week Yeah. yeah like so it looks it makes you think like was Joker always the Red Hood leader or was he never the Red Hood leader? Yeah. And it just added to the Joker. It was and you were so just like, good. fuck. 
And again, that it's peak Scott Snyder. I don't think he'll ever be that good again. Um, but yeah, so like that was the only thing I had a problem with it. And now that I'm thinking about it, I don't really have that big of an issue. But I think I would have been interested to see if somebody would have stuffed this guy into a barrel because then it would have tied to Scott Snyder's. Yeah. So then I would have been like, oh, because it's, they killed this guy. They were like, oh, you're right. This is a symbol. So we don't need you. And they kill the guy. And then they're like, well, maybe we shouldn't throw this away. And I'm like, nah. I was like, I don't really like it's, that. It's it's not as fun if you have to like headcanon it sometimes. But yeah. like, there's three people here. You could say that like, hey, maybe one out of the three eventually kill the other two. Yeah. And it's like, oh, he is the one that is the original or whatever. Yeah. He's the or, one that stuffed everybody in the barrel. Or two of those last three guys are the dudes in Frank, I mean, not Frank, in Alan Moore's Joker. Oh, yeah. 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 So they're the ones that have it. So yeah. that would have made it a little bit more interesting. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Damn. That Red Hood story was super solid. Uh, but anyways... So yeah, I enjoyed some of the other stuff, but you you want to know one that I thought was interesting was Ivy's because like I miss Ivy trying to be like the planetary like savior yeah. villain, you know what I mean? Because like you know, we're kind of going to shit in our current world, so like a character like Ivy wouldn't be so bad trying to save the environment, you know what I mean? Yeah. But granted she's still a terrorist, a terrorist is a terrorist. Um but like I don't know so the way. How was this one? Because I have heard very mixed things about it. It's G. Willow Wilson, mm -hmm. um, who has been very back and forth when it comes to her work at DC. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't like her Wonder Woman stuff. Yeah, no, it was not great. So how? So how essentially, was this? I it was. I think it's worth a read, but I wouldn't say like it was amazing or like anything like that. But it was an interesting concept because Ivy was doing the thing where she shows her human side. So I think she's able to like change from being green to like human-ish. They never really dove into that a lot. It's usually like she's green or she's human. That's it. Yeah, um, but I would, I would prefer her to have the ability to be able to change. I think that would be nice. Um, but she ends up working at like a plant or something like that. But she is somebody that people like. They're like, what's up, Ivy? And blah, blah, blah. Hmm. And she's talking about how she's like, I'm working to do my own thing. I can't get close to people or anything like that. Because people, I have to live my own life. And she meets this uh, chick from HR who's being nice. She's like, oh, Pamela, you're looking so amazing as today. But like, I mean, I didn't mean it like that. But like, she's because she's HR. So she doesn't want to like sexually harass her or anything like that. She's yeah. like, but you, you're beautiful. Uh, you know? And then when she's walking away, she's feeling kind of sick. And when she's walking away, she's like, her hair reminds me of, she's like, no, don't think about it. She's, it reminds her of Harley. Yeah. So she doesn't want to like think about Harley because she's like, I need to do this stuff on my own. I need to be my own person. So mm -hmm. I want to say this is kind of post like Tynan's run. It feels like that. Like that's yeah. the kind of Ivy we're dealing with. And so there's some interesting stuff. Uh, when she mentions the uh, hair thing, there's a, a little panel of her biting her lip. So like, really into harley yeah. um which i think was cool and then you get like this very i love that they made her eyes green here like the pupils are like green so this looks really really nice 
And um, she goes around beating the shit out of people in this plant. And she starts dropping these spores everywhere. And yeah. so these spores are going to take over and explode this planet. And she starts killing everybody. Everybody starts dying. They start becoming uh. the spores. And what ends up happening is the HR lady sees her on the way out. And she's all like, I don't understand what's happening to me. Like, why would you want to hurt me? And Ivy has a heart. And she's like, come with me. And she picks her up and takes her out. She's like, we have to leave. And she's questioning herself, like, I shouldn't be doing this. But she ends up taking her outside. The plant blows up. And you see these spores growing out of this girl's face. And Ivy makes them disappear. She's like, I made them, like, shrink. And she'll metabolize them out. And, like, she'll be fine. And the girl's like, but why me? And Ivy's kind of just like, I don't know. I should work alone. But, like, it showed that Ivy had a heart. Like, she's not a villain and she's not a hero. But yeah. she's like, she's Ivy. And like, I thought it was a really cool thing. But then it says, Poison Ivy story blooms in 2022. And I'm just like, Ugh. I was like, I don't care. But I mean, it was interesting. It, it was definitely an interesting read. But um, yeah, I don't know. That was my thing. I feel like a lot of these stories should have been one-offs. But it seems like they connected or we're going to do something like for the future. And sometimes I feel like that hurts stories. Yeah. Um, like Killer Moth, we ain't going to get no fucking Killer Moth story. But that was a good story. Yeah, it was. So, and we're not going to get a Red Hood series. I don't think we are. So, like, that was cool. Cool little concept. But anyways, let's move on to the last story that we have, which is Fear State Omega. And this is 100% like, oh, we got to end this story. We had all of this shit open, and we have to end it in this book. That's what this was. So what did you think reading this? So this story, I wasn't entirely sure how I was going to feel about it because, mm-hmm. of course, this is the ending of freaking Fear State. And I'm just yeah. like, I wanted to be done with it like freaking last week or whatever mm-hmm. when we got 17. But when they fucking open this up with Scarecrow being like, oh, you thought that was my last and like you didn't you didn't think I planned for this? I'm like, yeah. get the fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, don't even try. And then I am glad that Batman was like, Oh yeah. Um I I was already trying to like figure everything out like four weeks ago. Like yeah. I already knew all of this. We deprogrammed all of these people that you thought that you had taken over. So I'm cool with all of that. Mm-hmm. One thing that I uh, they finally answered the question of what you thought was going to happen with this huge satellite hovering yeah. city or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so it's not going to be something that uh, is just stuck in the, the bay. Yeah, yeah. In the harbor. Um, they're actually trying to take it out. Um, don't care about the Unsanity Collective. Uh, don't care that Miracle Molly is recruiting people to be a part of her whole crew like don't yeah because she goes to jail um tynan loves women in jail all his his women have went to jail yeah (laughs) so Uh, um that's the thing you know the whole thing with peace uh what is it peacekeeper peacekeeper one like being free and out there somewhere yeah i was rolling my eyes out at that um um as much as i don't like it i don't mind the look with the draped over, like, you know, blanket kind of look. I mean, he kind of looks like Deathstroke, but, you know. It, he looks I, like a weird, like... He looks Jason like fucking... Jason Voorhees. A, he, with yeah. A, 
with yeah. the with the with the blue like aura blade. Yeah, he gives off um the Star Wars guy vibe, the robot guy from Star Wars with like fifty lightsabers. Uh, oh, General Grievous. Yeah, yeah, he's got a Grievous. <laughs> he's got a Grievous helmet. But one thing that I was a little confused about was the fact that like Poison Ivy was like she straight up was like to the gardener like I will fuck you up. Yeah. Like just so you know, I will fuck you up and I was like, "Oh shit." Yeah. Okay. Um I don't know where that's coming from. Now, I yeah. understand that like apparently uh Gardner had uh some like he had a piece of her. Yeah, like yeah. the whole reasoning behind her like everything that happened to her was because of Gardner in the first place, apparently. And so I understand all of that. The whole freaking clown hunter thing and, and, uh, fuck. What's it? Ghostmaker. Yeah. No, give a shit. I don't want it. Don't care. Like, don't continue this story, please. For the love of God. Like, it doesn't make any sense. He's like, no, Batman, just because you're here, I'm not going to join your family. Oh, the dude with the sword wants to train me. I'll give it a try. Yeah. Like, d- why? Yeah. Why? So I, I can't really like, it's technically not a spoiler because it's already announced here, but they reference this in an issue we'll read next week. It's that, it's that thing I mentioned a week or two ago when I was like, oh, oh okay. that's almost a spoiler. They, so this is it essentially. Okay. Um, that, yeah, he's going to go work with fucking, I was just like, I don't give a shit. If this is a way to just get them out of here without them dying, that's totally fine. Um, I don't think anybody's ever going to write these characters again because who gives a shit? So, yeah, it's yeah, so know. weird because, like, like you see Bao or what a uh, clown killer, whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had there's one page where you see the entire background of basically what was all of Tynan's run. Yeah. And I'm looking at this page and I'm like, I don't care about any of that mm-hmm. like it is the, it is the one page that shows hey look all of this means nothing yeah um and the arkham thing wasn't even in his book yeah no so stupid like and so i will ask you this the conversation that batman and scarecrow have this was my problem oh really yeah go go for it though so for one in the very beginning scarecrow's like oh batman i feel naked like i mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's right to talk to you like this and yeah. batman grabs a random scarecrow mask from one of the other thugs and just puts it on him i'm like mm-hmm. no that's not what batman would do i don't think that's what batman would do do you think that's something um, he would do it, it's an interesting so i have a new perspective on this because <laughs> Batman wants these people to heal, right? Like, that's his ultimate goal. As somebody who has just suffered through panic attacks in all of 2021, I know how comforting something can be. So I think if Batman were in the mindset of like, look, if, is Scarecrow going to talk to me in a way that maybe can be beneficial if he has his mask on? I think Batman would do that. I don't think he would do it just to like, let him be fucking crazy. You know what I mean? But he's going to be in a car ride with him. Batman is always looking 10 steps ahead. So would you not, if you could learn something, if you could learn a tactical advantage by giving somebody something that would help them cope, would you not do it? 
I guess. I don't know. It just it felt very awkward. Like, I can I can understand it seeing awkward, but it's tiny in writing though. Yeah. So you so know. I was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. But what exactly so, was your problem with the with the conversation? Batman talking. Like, here's the thing. Like, he, there's this one panel, and I hate it. It's uh when they're driving in the sports car, which I I thought that was interesting. That Scarecrow is like, I kind of like the intimidating Batmobile, not the sports car Batmobile. I was like, that's interesting that it's for a character to notice, you know? And then Batman's like, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm not trying to intimidate here or some shit like that, but that is what it is. There's a panel where it's five panels and Batman's smiling. It looks hella awkward. Yes. It looks like he's old. Yes. But he says, I'm excited to see what tomorrow brings. I am going to save everyone. It is my power to save. That is in my power to save. That is all I can do. And that doesn't scare me. And neither do you. Batman doesn't talk like this. Like, when he's... Here's the thing that people need to understand. If you want to talk, if you want to have Batman talk in this kind of way, he needs to have the cow off. It's a very different Batman. When that cowl is on, he needs to be the stoic, calculated Batman that says, uh, he says a lot with very few words. That is Batman. But when he has the cowl off, that is the more heartwarming Batman that, you know, he talks to Damien, he talks to Dick Grayson, all of that kind of jazz. It's not the asshole Batman. And then Bruce Wayne is where you can be the dick or happy-go-lucky type of Bruce Wayne character. That's how you have this character have so many dimensions. But when people have Batman give all these like long speeches and conversations, I just don't think it works. Because they start having him say things that don't really feel like stuff Batman would say. You know what I mean? That is true. And that's always been my issue when I read Batman. If you make Batman super wordy, it's not going to work. And, like, you have to, like, I feel everybody should always reread their Batman dialogue. When they write Batman, you should reread it and be like, would Batman really say this? And, like, and as much as I love the animated series, that works because Kevin Conroy was fucking amazing at saying some stuff. But even then, like, that Batman I don't think was crazy wordy at all. And he was just like, Robin, you know what I mean? And, like, fucking, like, ugh. Uh, but that Bruce Wayne talked a lot and that Bruce Wayne was like, Selena, I love you and all that kind of stuff. But when it was fucking, when he was Batman, he was all like equal opportunist fucking crime fighter here. You're going to jail. And, um, yeah, so I had a problem with the dialogue, but it's Tynan. So that's nothing new. Um, but yeah, I just feel like it wasn't Batman. Um, and like I said, I, is it next week that we read 118? Next week is 118, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, 118 gives me hope. We'll be able to talk about it next week. Um, But overall, again, I said this last week, I'm glad to be done with this run. Um, Because nothing really happened. Oh, and then they hint that Arkham is going to be a tower now. Yeah. Like, fuck out of here. I don't give a shit about that. Like, you know it's going to get blown up, right? Like... And we're going to get another house somewhere. And how, how does that even fucking work? Like, wh- why know. why make it a tower? Mm-hmm. Who knows? And apparently it's this other doctor lady. Uh, I definitely have heard about her before. I forget her name. I was going to say. Oh, uh, Chase Meridian. The, yeah. the name. Chase Meridian. Yeah, yeah. 
She's been mentioned before, but I can't really tell you where. Um, but yeah, she has a tower. Apparently she is a badass doctor. Uh, it made sense for Arkham because his family is doctors. You know what I mean? Like they've yeah. had Arkham Asylum in their family. You know, that was like Holy that joke I sent you. Shit. Hold on. Look. Chase Meridian is Nicole Kidman's fucking character. In oh yeah fucking batman forever yeah holy that's shit. a deep cut wow that's a super deep cut um i knew that name sounded familiar uh but yeah again i don't care though what is it going to be called chase meridian tower arkham tower why would you call it arkham tower if dr arkham doesn't work there i i don't know and i'm looking it up now Chase Meridian was put into comics after the movie. Yeah, of course. A lot of first, characters first, have been. First appearance, Batman Forever. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. It's, I guess this is going to be one of those fallouts that it's like, shit, who has, to, who has to write that garbage? You know what I mean? Like, who has to write, like, oh, Arkham Tower? Does Joshua Williamson have to do that? Does he have to include Arkham Tower? um you know so probably i mean if it's gonna be the new status quo of gotham you have to but they say that's gonna be like it's introducing that right so is it gonna be like do you i don't know if you remember this when you were working at the comic shop but they did like wayne manor as the new arkham do you remember seeing that oh fuck hold on because arkham's been destroyed like 50 billion times yes and it, it got destroyed when Scott Snyder was doing that weekly Batman. The the Batman Eternal. Yeah. It got destroyed there. And that's when I think they moved into the manor. And that was where it was. And Batman actually became uh, a patient to sneak on to like spy on people. So that that's was a long time weird. ago. Yeah. So it just uh, kind of really weird to see that happen. So I'm assuming this is just like a placeholder and somebody's going to rebuild Arkham, you know, probably. So it'll be uh pretty, pretty interesting, but yeah, uh, I'm getting a call, but uh, yeah. So I don't know for the most part, this week's books. I mean, they were all annuals for the most part, uh, not as good as last week. I will say the week of 12, 20, the 21st, which is when Batcat comes out. It's so many books are Catwoman because we get the final Ram V issue we get Lonely City 2. Um, there's a bunch of Catwoman books. So it's going to be a Catwoman week for sure. Holy cow. Yeah, we get Batcat, Catwoman, Lonely City. Um, that's basically it. But we get Batman One Dark Knight, which is the jock written and uh, artist mm-hmm. um, of that Black Label book. We get a lot. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But um, right. for the most part, that's uh, pretty much it for these books this week. Clay, what do you got going on this week, man? So this week, um, I really don't have much. Just going to plug the shows that I'm on. Of course, uh, Batman uh, News Weekly, this one, of course. Always go check out the YouTube channel. Make sure that you are uh, subscribing to that channel and asking questions in the comments section. We do see them. We will answer them. And we can have more than one each week. So there's that. Um, uh, DC Alliance, Star Wars, 
Alliance, Ranger Alliance. Um, there was new news at the fact that Power Rangers is now going to have a cinematic universe on Netflix. So mm-hmm. that's going to be hitting 2023, I think. So that's going to be cool. Going to have a lot of new stuff talk- to talk about over on that podcast. Will um, they have good costumes, though? I hope so. That's the big thing. I, I like so. So I was wanting to have a conversation with friends and like put it out as a podcast, like the modern age of like superhero costumes and mm-hmm. how it's evolved and how Power Rangers can do that also. Um, yeah, it's just the it's like if you can have fucking Captain America in basically the same kind of spandex as Power Rangers, and then yeah. in the future have him wearing what he has in the fucking MCU movies. You can do it mm-hmm. for Power Rangers. Like, you can. Yeah, um, I mean, to be honest, like, when I watched that movie as a kid, those suits looked dope. Like, the ones yeah. they did for the movie. Um, the and ones, I don't see yeah. why you can't, yeah, I don't see why you can't get, what is it, Ironworks or Iron Horse or whoever did the Batman suit oh, for yeah, Snyder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's going to make those suits? Like, yeah. they make them modern. They, they're very form-fitting, and they just, you know. I don't. I mean, even that. Uh, I don't. I don't think we've ever talked about it. But that X-rated, uh, fucking, uh, bat, yeah. bat. No, no, not that one. I know what you're talking about. Not the. Not the TikTok. porn one. No, not the porn one. The but but if you watch the uncensored version, there was like tits in it. The one that came out on YouTube when they were adults. Oh, that had the see, Dawson I, Creek I just guy. recently talked about that one on my podcast. Go yeah. check that episode out. Um, yeah. But Those yeah, I, I think it could work. It's just like you have to you have to really put like a budget into it and not just be like, oh, this is Power Rangers, so we can do mm-hmm. low budget. Like, no, you need to put budget into it. Um, yeah. The CGI was so out. bad in that one. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> and then I think that's basically it. So nice. what about you? What do you got going on? Uh, I just dropped a video last night called Pokimane is Wrong About Twitch and Ludwig. Um, for those of you that are into that space, into the live streaming space, uh, Twitch just lost one of its biggest creators. And one of its other, I should say, its biggest female creator. Well, not anymore. Actually, there's a chick that just got the highest subs in all of Twitch for females. So she, really? I would say she's bigger than Pokimane. Uh, but I think Pokimane has like the status, so she's probably still the top one. Yeah. But um, yeah, I kind of did a, con- a commentary piece on why I think she's wrong. Um, she was kind of she's you know she's like a loyal person to Twitch, so I feel like she granted her all her thoughts are her own. I'm pretty sure that's exactly how she feels. But she just made some comments that kind of like rubbed me the wrong way, um, where she said that like Twitch wouldn't go out of their way for their creators but they literally last year sent her and her roommates like custom bathtubs and had like a girly pajama party night for them with like a built-in badass tp and all this shit in their backyard and i was like and i showed that as evidence i was like i gotta call bullshit i was uh ludwig over here made twitch the most money anybody has ever had in a month by himself and they didn't even say thank you so like you know, I was like, I'm glad he fucking left. Um, so yeah, it's a very interesting piece. If you guys want to go check that out, that is on my Juice Reacts channel, and I am doing a test right now on TikTok and YouTube where I'm going to be uploading a video for the next 30 days straight, uh, the same video at the same time of on Twitch and YouTube Shorts. 
to see which channel or which platform is better for your short form content. So go follow me uh, on Juice from the Box on everything, to be honest, uh, if you guys want to check that out. But that's pretty much it for me. And that is it for this podcast. As always, he is Fanboy Clay. I am Juice Wayne. Remember, Batman is awesome. See you guys next time. Batman!